Hey, what's up, and welcome back to Smaller on the Outside, or as I would like to call it, SotoCast. The first, the best, and the only Doctor Who podcast that you just can't miss. My name is Dave, and I will be the Time Lord with you this evening. And with me, as always, is normally my brother, who I would call the companion, or the co-host, whatever you want to call him. He is not here right now because we're not talking about TV episodes at all. Because it's off the air, right? We're waiting for the next season, which won't even be here until 2020. So in the meantime, we're going to be talking about something else. Right now, we're talking about stuff that's written. Comic books. Books. Things of the nature. And right now, we're going to be talking about the first volume of comic books featuring the 13th Doctor. This just finished, so that's why we're talking about it. Uh, The first volume covers four primary issues. Um... And a couple of special issues, but we're mostly just going to be talking about the main issues as that's where the main story comes from. But before we do, let's go ahead and hear a message from our sponsors. Take it away, me. Hey, welcome back. Now, before we talk about the first issue in the volume, I want to point out that these stories have no title most comic books have titles per story so you would have say the crazy person part one the crazy person part two and so on and so forth that all collects as one main story even with doctor who the same thing has happened with comic books past that's not true here we just have issue one issue two issue three and issue four and that's it and that's what's collected in the first volume So instead, I am going to come up with a story title, uh, and this is based off of the alien's nickname. That's called The Hoarder. It's not his official name or anything. I don't think anybody knows his official name, but it is a nickname given to him by some of the main characters in the story. So that's a good enough reason for me. So The Hoarder, part one. We start off in a museum in 1999. An alarm is blaring in the distance as we see these two shadowy figures loom about this dark museum. And what they're doing is they are stealing art. What's important to uh, realize is they think it's 1899, not 1999. So already you know that they're time travelers. Not entirely sure what kind of time travelers, but time travelers nonetheless. When you see them come out of the shadows, they're wearing these spacesuit-looking things. Uh, and you find out that they are scientists. So whatever they're wearing, it's not so much of a spacesuit. It's more like a radiation, uh, some kind of suit kind of like that. But they were testing out time travel techniques, too. But you don't know that yet. So the alarm's going off, they realize that, they see the cameras that are watching them, and they kind of realize at this point, yeah, it's 1999 and said, but that's okay. Um, They're carrying this big freaking painting, which is probably what made the alarm go off in the first place. Uh, There's a man and a woman there. She drops it because she's coughing. We don't know why yet, but it is important to the story. Now... We cut over to 3912, the year 3912. I'm not entirely sure where, but we're looking at the sentient nebula of Black Plam 2.5, which is like a, a show of fireworks that are happening in the sky. And uh, 
who's there watching. We have the Doctor, we have Ryan, Yaz, and uh, Graham. They're all there watching it. Um, the Doctor's enjoying watching this light show because she's got this brand new set of eyes. Uh, Yaz thinks that if the nebula are sentient, doesn't that make those bursts that they're watching a massacre? Uh, the doctor says, no, that those flashes of lights and sound are colors. That's a lifetime that they're watching. It's, uh, the sentient lets them actually experience it. To you, they may be here and gone in an instant, but it's so much more to them. There's love and community, knowing the beauty of it all. They're actually the ones who choose where they... And then Graham says, sorry to interrupt doctor. He should have said doc. But he said doctor, and uh, he's the one that realized that something's going on right now. There's a circular thing, flash, whatever you want to call it, of light that just kind of abruptly shows up where they are. A hand reaches through and asks for help. The light goes away right away. And the doctor's mentioning that she's seen it before, but she's not sure where. That's where the special comics come in. Uh, where you'll have modern Doctor Who doctors that are going through actual stories that you've seen from them, and it's like a deleted scene, right? So let's say Matt Smith in The Power of Three, where he's going outside, and remember, he's there for a long time, so he's going out there, he's doing whatever, and in the background, this color of light shows up and a hand reaches through. Uh, it's things like that. Each doctor from New Who... Uh, has come into contact with this light source, with the hand reaching through. But it's this doctor that is actually going to do something about it because, well, it's her comic, right? So she studies this light with the sonic screwdriver, and they uh, they rush back to the TARDIS to try to triangulate... Um, the system, try to figure out where it's going to show up next, because there's one thing that she knows. This light that's showing up with the hand reaching through, this wormhole, or whatever you want to call it, is showing up all over space and time. Think about uh, the impossible girl, how she shows up all over space and time. It's like a, it's like something's wrong, and this thing keeps on zipping in and out of time all over the place. And the doctor knows it because she's been around forever. Uh, anyways, they rush off the TARDIS to figure out where it's uh, coming from. They triangulate the system, and, and they're searching for it. We go back to something where it's called Elsewhen. Elsewhen. Sounds like a Guardians of the Galaxy area, like nowhere, but Elsewhen. And we meet the monster, right? This is what's going on. This is the, the hoarder that I was talking about. So it's like a land of riches. It, it, it's this big mansion where there's just gold and jewels and things that are collected in general that are worth a lot of money that this monster alien really wants. And the way that he gets these things is he enslaves people to steal them for him. And while normal people would just say, no, I'm not going to do that for you, that's illegal and stuff, he kidnaps children. That's what we find out. He kidnaps children uh, and torments them. So he's enslaving these people to help him because of it. And for extra leverage, he's like inflicted the woman scientist with some kind of d disease. And 
basically, if she doesn't follow through, she's going to die. And if the guy doesn't follow through, obviously he has to watch his partner die. So every time that they bring back something valuable to this collector, hoarder, whatever you want to call him, he inoculates her, gives her a shot, uh, an antidote uh, that lets her live another day to steal something else from him. That's how he's getting away with his business. He's not really using any of this for anything. He just really likes gold and jewels and expensive stuffs but he's he's a pretty interesting looking monster very interesting looking alien that if he was on the show i think he would be probably more memorable than most any of the aliens that showed up this previous season of doctor who so that's you can at least say that now the uh, doctor has triangulated the signal he she has figured out where it's going to pop up next. Um, so she triangulated the system. She knows where it's going to show up next. And she's right. They just have to wait like uh, an hour until it shows up. Because the TARDIS knows where it's going to happen. When it's going to happen. But uh, it's always a, a matter of being there at the exact right moment moment and uh, the TARDIS is always a little goofy at doing that so they wait and they wait and they wait and yes it does show up the hand comes through the light uh, portal whatever and what the doctor's doing is she takes out her sonic screwdriver and she stabilizes it just enough and long enough for Ryan and Yaz to take a hold of him and pull the scientist through the portal it's the guy scientist and uh, he thinks that the girl scientist is the person that disrupted the signal. But we don't find that out until the second uh, issue. So he's with them right now. Uh, he's zapping in and out of time because he's also on a time disruption. What we find out is because they're time travels, they've been using Captain Jack's technology, right? A vortex manipulator or whatever it's called. Um... A vortex manipulator it was sabotage that's why he was like broken in time and space that's how they were able to stabilize him that's how they were able to save him um and of course the doctor makes a lot of different remarks about how it's a primitive ugly device that doesn't work very well when you want it to um but now we have the mystery of why he was stuck in time and how that vortex manipulator was sabotaged he believes it was schultz who was the female scientist uh and now we have to find a way to get back to her and figure out what's going on but here's the problem stop 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 trump 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 wherever the heck that uh light portal ended up last we have a bunch of soldiers that showed up and said that they are now prisoners of the grand army of the just um and that is where the first issue ends so each of these pretty much end on a cliffhanger uh they're relatively short it's a comic book what can i say 25 to 30 pages each um and then we keep on going so let's move along to issue two
on to the second issue of The Hoarder, otherwise known as just issue two. That's it. Anyways, the second issue starts off where the last one ended up. Obviously, we have these Army of the Just, which, you know, they look weird, man. They look like thumbs. Um, but anyways, they are prisoners, and they, at this point, they kind of have to uh, delay Right? They have to delay while they figure out what's going on with this male scientist because he's flickering in and out because while the time vortex that he came out of may be stabilized, he himself is not. So they have to work on stabilizing him while they talk these thump people down. The great thing about this is Yaz was a police officer, so she has authority in a way to talk to these other authoritative figures. I mean, it's not perfect or anything, but it is a way to delay the inevitable. So she and Ryan try to talk these guards down, and the guards, of course, are all confused as to what the heck's even happening, uh, because, I mean, what what are time cops? That's what, <laughs> I don't know, but Ryan and Yaz are basically saying they are time cops. These thumb creatures, the army of the just, have no idea what they're ta- talking about, but during this moment, they are able to stabilize the male scientist, which is the first thing they need to figure out. And then the people are taking, taken into a, a big padded room, which is basically their prison. Nice thing about that is uh, we have Graham, who was uh, apparently had no idea that this happened, but the doctor slipped him the sonic screwdriver just in case they uh, patted her down and found it because the sonic screwdriver is a magical wand that can get them out of any situation so basically they're in this padded room but that means nothing because they can get out with this sonic screwdriver but while they're there they're talking to the scientist and figuring out his story basically he's lying to them we don't know why yet but he's lying and saying that they created the Vortex Manipulator and the first go at trying to figure it out, they landed at Elsewhen with, uh, no, sorry. They landed, the first time that they used the Vortex Manipulator, he was stuck in time. And it was literally that quick. The Doctor knows that this is a lie. We don't know that right away, but she knows it's a lie because she said right away that the Vortex Manipulator was sabotaged and he didn't look surprised he also didn't look surprised when she mentioned aliens to him uh which means he had seen aliens before so he wasn't telling her the entire story uh but that being said he's trying to trying to get the whole story out of it so when they use the vortex manipulator for the first time they were kind of sucked in or uh I don't know, uh, beamed up or something by the hoarder. He has some kind of technology that that can find cheap parlor trick uh, time travelers that use vortex manipulators um, that aren't very secure, as the doctor would like to point out multiple times. It's not very secure, it's cheap. Uh, that means these pranksters or these criminals can find unsecure time traveling devices like it and can force you to show up where they want you to show up in this case this gold mansion where the i don't know godfather hoarder 
forces you to do his bidding and you have no other choice because you're either going to die or these kids are that he's kidnapped or whatever so anyways the doctor knows the true story at this point um Graham gets out the sonic screwdriver and they head out um So while they're heading out, they uh, find a big old room, and uh, I don't know what they're doing in that. I'm just going to skip that. It's not really that important. Um, basically, they're just trying to escape the battle of the just. That's it. The army of the just. That's all they're trying to do. So they're just kind of running around the ship. The army of the just keeps seeing them running around. They're like, it's like Scooby-Doo, you know, where the characters are running from door to door, and you got... You got the bad guy or the ghost or whatever chasing from room to room as well, and they never catch up to each other. And it's just this Google. It's not exactly like that, but it's what it reminds me of. Um, and they run into a corner, and the bad guys are right there. So what does the doctor do? She flicks her sonic screwdriver, and the TARDIS shows up where it needs to show up, uh, saving them from being cornered. So they all get into the TARDIS, uh, and, uh, bigger on the inside, right? The scientist says it's bigger on the outside. Actually, no. Graham says it for him. Saying, yeah, we all know it's bigger on the outside. Or inside. Ha! Um, but at this point, once they get into that ship, the scientist knows what he wants to do, and he's gonna hijack them. So he says, I'm so sorry, all of you, but I need your ship. So he's pointing a gun at them, and, uh, to be continued. So this is the end of the second issue, which was mostly, I, I almost want to say action slash um, back, f flash, not flash forwards, but flashbacks and stuff like that. This is an informational comic. It has some interesting things going on for it, but it's not the best issue out of the bunch. It just gets you from point A to point B, which is issue three and four. So. Let's go ahead and talk about the third issue. Alright, so let's talk about issue three and four. The main reason why I'm talking about these at the same time is because most of the main things that actually happened in issue three, I've already talked about as if it happened in issue two without realizing it. It's been a, a minute since I've read the second and third issue. Um, so they're kind of blended in together. The third issue is mostly the flashbacks, um, and expanding upon that. So, yes, he does try to take over the TARDIS, but the Doctor talks him out of it, saying that how is he going to fly a time machine that he's never even seen before, uh, when even the Doctor has trouble flying it herself, and things of the nature, and she talks him out of it, uh, Yaz and Ryan and Graham are all gung-ho about putting him in some kind of time travel jail, but the doctor's like, nah, let's have some tea instead while they talk about what's actually going on. This is the moment when the doctor's like, yeah, I, I knew you were lying the whole time, what's actually happening? And he's like, oh, well, this alien, we call him the hoarder, he's kidnapped children, he's kidnapped us, he's forcing us to do all his bidding because he's killing uh, Schultz or whatever her name is, and he's got all these kids that he's, uh, threatening and everything, and the doctor's like, well, I can help, 
the problem is you're tr you're trying to do all of this yourself and you're not trying to get help and that's why I'm here this is why we're always here we're always here to help so that's mostly what's going on and so they head out and they take his vortex manipulator and they try to like reverse engineer it to kind of find out where he came from uh, and that way they can kind of find out where elsewhere is where uh, they're holding the woman is or I don't know if it's they're looking for else when or they're looking specifically for Shoals but Shoals is the one that sent him away so backtracking it they should be able to find where she is and they do um, they end up finding her she's like dying and coughing away her miseries and stuff like that because what happened is she sent the male scientists into time because she wants to give up basically she's dying and she doesn't want him to keep on living the life they've been living because uh he cares too much about her so she sent him away and was basically gonna give up on her life of crime and just die because she never got the antidote again if that makes any sense they show up um and it's kind of funny they find a hole the doctor and her friends and everything they find a hole in the ground that they have to jump through and she's like i used to have a saying for this she's like on my way or incoming and then when she lands she finally realized that it was geronimo that she used to say so that was pretty interesting um but she meets the doctor um, and it's really just science and engineering and the TARDIS that is able to actually figure out what's going on. Because what's happening is, even though the woman scientist was ready to die, she was trying to figure out what the antidote even was. Because there's this transport, animal, alien, whatever you want to call it, that brings the antidote, uh, portions uh, the ingredients to the alien. And she was able to figure out what those ingredients were, but how to actually make it in the portions of the ingredients, she had no idea. So she was basically going to try and try and try. If she failed, she died, but if she didn't, maybe she was able to live. And, uh, well, the doctor was able to figure out what that was and heal her pretty quick, but they also had the issue still of the kidnap kids and the him just being a problem all around so the doctor still had to find a way to take care of this alien that really loves gold so we have the two scientists they're back together and they head back to elsewhere where the hoarder is and they're all basically like we're done we're not gonna do it anymore and that and the alien thinks is like you think it's really that simple to just say no to me um and the doctor shows up and they're like, yep, pretty much, more or less. And uh, the guy, the guy scientist, takes off his vortex manipulator and throws it at the alien. And uh, says, if you really want all this gold, if you really want to steal all of these places and all these museums, you do it yourself because we're not going to be any part of it. Um, and the doctor was basically saying the same thing but uh the alien jumps out of his seat grabs the vortex manipulator and says are you ready for this or whatever listen to the music and he, 
when he does that, when he clicks the button on the vortex manipulator, he gets stuck in an endless loop, a time vortex, just like how the story began. So basically coming full circle where the scientist was coming out of the vortex manipulator, we now have the aliens stuck in time. So I guess throughout the next few issues, maybe we'll see a vortex uh, circle or time loop or whatever in the background with a hand coming out of it, uh, which is the alien stuck in time forever, which is basically his just prison. And that's the way that they save the world. And so at the very end, what we have, we have the doctor and her companions rushing off to save the day again somewhere else. The voice you are hearing is my kid. He cannot be quiet. He's playing games. Shush. So, um, anyways, that is the entire first four issues. Um, they're all available on, uh, Comixology or Kindle, um, and things of the nature. I think they're each, like, three or four bucks each, and you can buy the volume for 12 bucks or whatever. Uh, it's actually pretty interesting. The art is really well done, uh, and I didn't really get into it, but the way that it is written... ...is, uh, pretty good with making sure that the characters are acting as they should as well. Other than uh, one issue, Graham said Doctor instead of Doc, as he would normally say. The rest of the time, he does say Doc, which is good. Um, and uh, overall, it feels like the show. And I think if this was an episode, it would have probably been better than most of the episodes we saw last season. So all in all, it's a pretty decent story um if you like doctor who if you like comics this is definitely something that i would recommend we'll see where it takes us next because there are more issues coming out uh and usually it's a monthly basis so if anything i would have three episodes that i would talk about uh in the year at most because this is the first one and we're already in february so maybe two episodes of comics that's it um but we'll see we'll see and uh i'm gonna try to read the novels that have come out but i don't have a lot of time obviously got a couple kids here that uh make lots of noise but other than that yeah 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 yeah. so check it out if you like to read if you don't then don't some of the books have uh audible audiobook narration if that's what you prefer but i don't know so far so good uh i think that's it though until next time peace out